Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Be a part of the show. Text Bobby V on the UPS Jobs text line at 437-968. Buddy Brown has, a, has uh, indisputably had a rough go by his own admission, but I he does a great sheet, which is helpful. To me, this is the way you should sports bet. You should take advice and not just follow it blindly. And so he has a big table of matchups. He goes through the NBA, and he has maybe – 30 names that are he puts in green ink, and those are the people who have favorable matchups, and then one in red ink, and he has those are you know not so favorable matchups, and he writes what percentage of the time the player in question has passed that threshold, uh, you know during the course of the season, and I think over the, maybe it's over the last 10 games, I don't know, but and so he had one the other day, and I'd been getting whacked around pretty good too. That's okay. That won't make mixtape, right? That should be safe. Probably. That should be fine, I think, right? Yeah. You said around, not off. Yeah. So I think you're okay. Yeah, so I think that's okay. He almost had him. Almost had him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He almost got him. (laughs) Yeah, we almost got him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Almost got him. Um, This was what they said, and I'm so happy, and I'm going to gloat because I was bitten by butt kicked. Grayson Allen, higher than 10.5 points. I felt good about that. That was mine. I picked that. 17 points. Then he said, and I got nervous. Anytime you start getting in the high numbers, De'Aaron Fox, 24 and a half points. I took that over, and he got 33. Kevin Durant, 12 and a half rebounds plus assists. Felt good about that because even some games he doesn't become a scorer. He lets Booker score. He lets other guys score. But I think he's always going to rebound and pass the ball. So he had 15 rebounds and assists. The over-under was 12 and a half. Then the other, the one that was under, Jaden Ivey seemed way too high for me. 29 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Now that's the whole getting caboodle but i still looked and he had not he'd been struggling hitting that number and uh and we won that comfortably 22 as opposed to 29 so that was a delightful 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 one that i wanted very badly because i'd lost i'd lost two parlays one parlay the night before on the hook two games it was a 14 parlay i won two and the other two games lost on a half a point Oh, both of them? Both of them. Oh, man. Oh, that stings. Yeah. That's smarts right there. Anyway. Uh, hey, we're going to get more bad weather tomorrow. Is that true? Suppo- yeah, supposedly. I don't want to hear that because I'm flying. Why is it only when I'm flying? The flight to Boston was not fun. It wasn't? No, I'm not a white knuckler. I'm better at flying than I thought I was, to be honest. But I still don't like to be white knuckling around he's got his own show going to you've trained him well what what's in your no show? no when you said white knuckling i oh, i, I thought it was going to be a is that a sex tape. thing too yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was white knuckling yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well it's from the league if you've ever watched the uh 
FX show, The League. Never watched it. Ooh, it's a good show. Fantasy football show, but yeah, like it's, it's a comedy. Yeah, it's not it's like good. hey, just who's sprinkling the, of football? Does white knuckling? Uh, There's a character whose nickname is that for could, something that she did in high school. Oh, something she yeah, did. I can't in high remember. School? I can't remember well, who it is. Is it the sister? Get white knuckling. It's the no. It's the one that Pete dates, but. Uh, Kevin dated her in like high school before. Yeah, why'd she get? Oh, because the yeah, right. Yeah. I thought it was something to do with uh, self pleasure. Well, yeah, so, but it was her doing the uh, doing pleasuring. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, because that's a great. I I just finished a book by Bob Newhart, the old uh, comic and comedian, and God bless him, still alive and doing great. But it's very funny. There was there was an old TV show in the seventies and sixties called Rowan and Martin's Laugh In. And it was really ahead of its time. All irrelevant to what I'm about to tell you. The, one of the two stars was a guy named Dick Martin, and he was a comedian. And he tells a story which is true. He was on the road doing a gig, and he was staying in a hotel that was U-shaped. Okay, so you know the the layout of the building was U-shaped, and so it means you could look across and see the rooms on the other side of the hotel. And there was a, a you know curtain op- opened, and you could look in the room, and you could. See, a gentleman was doing mm. what we would refer to as self-love. Mm-hmm. And so what he did, I thought it was great. Uh, he uh, he counted the rooms from where he was, and he counted around, and he figured out what room number it was. And he rung the guy's room, and uh, the guy said, uh, hello, who is this? And he said, this is God. Cut that out. <laughs> That's a That's great hilarious. story. I love that story. <laughs> this is God. Cut, Cut that, that out. out. Yeah. Uh, what do we got, uh, Mr. Bylaws? Uh, yeah, here in about two minutes. All right. uh, if you want, you can remind everybody oh, about things. I, I love my windows. windows. They got that brand new home effect. Universal windows direct motherfucker. Hey, oh, Oswald does not say that. Sorry. Oswald works clean. We, we wonder why the show gets technical difficulties during this time. <laughs> no, it's because we're banging on, on tables, guys. Where is the where is the uh um rack that they use? Oh, here we go. Hey, hey, he's a rack. You know, the thing that <laughs> I have to, with you today. Well, because you know, when they were here it was even worse. The they being, you know, Sweeney and Locke that go nameless. I mean, because they love to mock me and so I, any word I said that could be somehow double. We did a lot of it on purpose. The whale penis. No, at the end I did because I figured they're going to do it anyway. Yeah, so you might as yeah, well yeah, embrace do it. it. He said do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what is the actual rack that, that they're alluding to that we have to connect to with uh-huh. when I'm on the road? When I, I'm on the road, I connect the to Comrex a Comrex thing. unit. It's in there. It's in there. Yeah. Okay. Because that's the one. Yeah, but that you we, and your chubby knees always hit the. Dials I don't always hit this one. I don't. Uh, I don't always hit them. And more importantly, <laughs> I hit them too. So well, but the, but this one is not the one in question anyway. No, but this is the volume. So a lot of times when oh, we yeah, have the right, technical right. issues. No, that's not the issue. No, don't, don't try and make it sound like it's somehow anything other than the equipment has to be addressed by someone. Oh, one of the grown-ups. Oh, who oh knows, you didn't. Which means we didn't tell you. Calvin has to come and find out. We figured out what it was. Sure, now that I'm not on the air, what was it? This should be good. I'm not going to like it, probably. <laughs> Calvin very sheepishly. Was it, it wasn't, oh, it, oh, he did it. It wasn't completely his fault. Yes, it was. 
No, it definitely was. <laughs> he accidentally unplugged the Comrex. Like, like we have the unit here, but then there's a unit in the back. And he was that here doing stuff. Cause he was working on stuff, yeah, and he accidentally had unplugged nice. it. So he was like, it was kind of my fault, but not my fault. Like, I was, like he said it very sheepishly and funny. But, but at least right. we solved the problem. Because I had that poor guy from Comrex on the phone for half hour, and he was Yeah, I, I think it he, was very was, simply. By the end of the phone, he was analyzing my diet. Do you have a lot of green vegetables in you? I don't have that well. Well, you might as well try that. We've explored everything else. <laughs> you have, are you eating enough grains? I'll tell you. You, you want to see at the end of a game, you know, a lot of these places we do games, we have to stay because we have an enormous post-game show. We're doing the local broadcast. And the guy, they want to break down, obviously. They don't want right. to go, go, go that home. So sometimes they start just unplugging. The, and they'll unplug. You want to see something damned entertaining because Paul Rogers is you – know, Widely respected as such a gentleman and a nice guy. <laughs> they pull the cord on him while he's on the air. He becomes the Tasmanian devil. It is hilarious. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh because I'm on the air too. He jumps out of his chair. What? Who? Who pulled the cord? There's a cord. Hello? He's waving his arms. <laughs> so oh, it's, it's, oh, it's awesome. See uh, the usually stoic I love and, it. I gotta be professional honest. Paul. I got to be honest. Twice I pulled the cord myself just because I wanted <laughs> to see the – Oh, it's here, Paul. Whoops. <laughs> Uh, Jay Billis joins us right now, and we're always delighted to speak with him. Hello, Jay. Thanks for being with us. How you been? Great, Bobby. How about you? I'm uh, hanging in there, and I'm having a bad bit of luck. Every city I seem to go to now seems to be getting awful weather. I'm, I'm you know. Oh, is that right? Oh my God! Every time I fly, I'm flying through bouncy. I don't like you. A good flyer? Are you a relaxed flyer? You you don't mind flying? Mostly. I mean, I, I'm like everybody else. I don't enjoy bouncing all over the place, but uh, uh, you know, I know, I know, no matter how. Uh, bouncy it gets that thing ain't falling out of the sky so it's just a comfort issue <laughs> and I, I always laugh when i was on a flight i mean this was 1985 i was playing on the playing for gene katie on the u.s national team we flew over over to taiwan and we had this beautiful 747 and the thing took i must have hit an air pocket or something it took this huge drop and uh you know everything hit the ceiling and all that and i, I probably held on to my armrest for the next year <laughs> thinking it was going to happen again and uh and and i had a pilot tell me one time i asked him about it he said you know those things are so rare it's it's like hitting a pothole you know it's not a big deal don't worry about it and so i stopped worrying about it yeah that's uh, i'm tony kornheiser you might know has a, a absolutely liked going to see therapy fear of flying and that's what they told him, though. That's when you go to the course. They say these things are designed to fly. The term they use for him, they make it like childlike. They like to fly. It's not coming out of the sky. So just what you said. You, but you're well, a guy who like. But but you worry about that, and you're going. There are so few things that ever happen with regard to airlines. But you don't feel funny in your car, and the car bounces all over the place <laughs> that's, that's, just on the on our crappy roads and lousy the infrastructure. <laughs> and there are accidents all over the place, and we never worry about it. I know and that we're is worried about something that so hardly true. ever happens that, in the air. I don't yeah, know. Well, we're logical people, but that's exactly you know how I try and calm myself, and then I promise we'll get off the subject. Is when it gets really bouncy. When I was working at St. Francis in New York, every once in a while I'd have to take the subway from down in Brooklyn Heights, down in way down in the southern part, up all the way to the Bronx. If there was a game we had to go to or something, I wasn't going to drive to it. I'd take the subway up there. And there was a stretch of track. I can't remember where it was now, but it was, you know, some of those tracks are really old. And if you got on the express train, they can book a little bit. And when they went through that stretch, 
It was worse than any turbulence you ever hit in any air. I'm telling you. It was the this car was bouncing around and flying. And I would try and remind myself when I was in the plane, okay, we're just on the on the uh, four train going up to the Bronx. <laughs> that's that's all we're doing. And so it's okay. We're not gonna derail and the plane's not gonna fall from the sky. So uh, I tell myself, Bobby, there's nothing I can do about this. Also true. Yeah, like, but the, I just sit there and go, I can't do anything about this. I can hope it's going to change, but there's nothing I can do. So you just got to sit there. Yeah, but you know that we are, I'm of, the. I'm one of the personality types, and I have, you know, been told this, that those of us that feel whenever we're in a situation like that, we don't like it. That makes us, like, I don't like, I have an almost irrational fear of lightning for the same reason. I don't know where it's coming. I'm on a golf course. I don't know where it's going to hit. I don't know, you know, when, where, how, you know, we're completely, you're safe. You don't, you're not ever really completely safe until you're back in the clubhouse. So I get very uncomfortable because I can't, can't control that. And I can't control the thing in the airplane. And that doesn't calm me down because, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's foolish because there's so many things in life we don't control. Like even when you're driving your car, you know, you're driving, you're controlling your car, but there's million other people and they may decide hey i think i'm going to run this light or drive across the median and so you can't control that but uh, that's what my dad told me one time i was i was complaining to him about when i was 16 about not letting me drive somewhere i said that i said but don't you trust me he goes no i trust you i don't trust them that's <laughs> why he was a wise man no question all right let's get to basketball we got a firing a high profile i hate to be that way it sounds vulture-ish but it's a pretty high profile job and a pretty good job ohio state parting ways with chris holtman right in the middle of the year a were you surprised they did it then and b all right come on play the game with me Wait, where do you what do you think they're thinking about where where to go from here I, i'm always kind of surprised when it happens in the middle of the season um because uh maybe i'm i'm old enough where i go they used to say that they would never do this that this is college sports but the truth is it's the nba and the nfl so um, I shouldn't be surprised, but the the one thing that was a little bit different about Chris Holtman's uh, dismissal at uh, Ohio State was he's got a new AD coming in. So Ross Bjork, uh, formerly at Ole Miss, I think he still has to be approved by the uh, Ohio State Board of Governors before it's final. Um, but uh, what what can oftentimes happen when you have someone coming in new is the old uh, the old AD working with the new one fires the coach so yeah. the new guy doesn't have to get to do it coming in. That's true. And uh, they certainly work together. The the, the outgoing AD is not going to fire somebody that the new guy likes right. and wants to keep. Right. But uh, but that's that's probably what was happening. And and you know I do think there's a lot. You know Jeremy Foley, the former athletic director at Florida. Yep. And Jeremy was and is a great administrator, um, but he had a saying that I think permeated college sports and those that were, were tutored by him, and there were there were and are so many. He used to say, what you will do eventually, you should do immediately. Yeah, I remember you in, saying in other that. Words, yeah. yeah, if you're going to fire somebody at the end of the season, just do it now. Now, I don't think what you will do eventually, you should do immediately, applies to everything, because eventually we're all going to die, and I would prefer not to do that immediately. Yeah, that's that's a good analogy. I, I like that. Um, how I, I'm sorry it has to keep being the topic here, but it does, because the other night, and I've said only half-kiddingly, the, the people that were just you know, champing at the bit about a coaching change here in Louisville watched that first half against Boston College and said, Wow, you know this is not good news for me because they've won some games and now they're playing well on the road and maybe this team's figuring it out. And then they went in the second half and they were, you know, the Jekyll and Hyde team again and they were awful and and uh, you know everybody kind of deflated once again. So um, 
would would things have changed that much in a game like that? Are they changeable? Is probably a more important question. I don't know. First of all, kudos on the use of champing. You, you hear a lot of people say chomping gets yes. a bit. That is incorrect. Thank That's you. Perfect, perfect usage of champing. Thank you. Um, I, I I don't see um, how you know this game to game sort of dissecting of everything uh, that Louisville does is going to be productive. Um, it, it's going to be, you know, can you get better from here to there the course of the year? Um, it, it's just so difficult to reverse course in the course of a year. And for those that I'm sure there are fans that have their minds made up, there may be administrators that have their minds made up. Um, but I'm not sure all that's productive. Um, you know, it, it's not going to, they're not going to make the tournament. It's not going to get, I don't see some sort of, um, thing where you know they can win the automatic bid and get on that kind of run i don't think they're that kind of team so it's just you know it's like it's like we were talking about turbulence you know you just have to ride it out and uh and this is always these things are always you know you serve at the pleasure of your your administration your bosses and when they've i i still think that this is a big deal and i'm not talking about louisville here just anywhere when it hits their bottom line, that's when it's over. Mm. When butts aren't in the seats and when they're looking at, you know, if we don't do this, we're going to be in this cycle for longer and it's going to cost us more money. The bottom line is going to determine all of this. Yeah, and right now it's no secret. They're, they're, it's really impacting not only the university, but they did the business first here did an article about the one one they focused on one particular restaurant that's literally right across the street from the Yum Center. When you've been here, you may have seen it. It's called the Troll Pub, and mm-hmm. they they normally on men's basketball game nights were doing about ten or eleven thousand dollars. They they've only hit like three thousand once this year. So that's the, and again, you could say, well, it's not our concern what the Troll Pub does, but I, to some degree, it is. They're your neighbors, right? I mean, you gotta you can't be oblivious to it, can you? I mean, it's you, you well, but, at least acknowledge. Yeah, it. you're right. You can't be oblivious to it. But but the truth is, those are uh, you can call those canaries in the coal mine with regard to to the economics of this. If there aren't butts in the restaurants, that's probably because there aren't butts in your seat. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, like, look, season tickets are already paid for, but that doesn't mean they're paid for next year. True. And uh, and so when you're finding, you know, when when that starts hitting, that's a destabilizing thing. And uh, you know what, what what was really interesting to me, Bobby, is like when uh, when Nick Saban retired. Uh, I read something in one of these business journals that said that was a one one hundred million dollars change. Yeah, I, I that. saw that same piece. I saw that. And and you know, w- with Ohio State, that's going to make a lot of coaches money that aren't going anywhere, but their their administration thinks they might, so they're going to get extensions and big bumps. Uh, somebody's going to take that job, and it's likely going to be from a pretty high-profile place. That means other people are going to leave to go where they are. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, there's a domino effect in this that doesn't exist anywhere else. Like, until college sports does things on the, the administra- administrative and coaching side, like the NFL and the NBA, like when, when uh, uh, you know, when the Philadelphia 76ers fire a coach or the, the uh, Milwaukee Bucks fire, fire their coach, they're not getting another sitting NBA coach. They right. can't do that. Right. Uh, and they can't even get a system. I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks fired their guy and went into the, the broadcast booth to get their next coach. 
Um, and college sports is totally different. Um, it's a destabilizing thing, and it, and it has far-reaching consequences. I, I, that's a good segue to what I wanted to ask you next. The Jay Billis with us here, and you know how much I respect your your. I, I, I and I'm fascinated by the business side of almost anything, and certainly college sports is one of them. And now we are on the cusp of something that could be very significant, and I want to ask you about that. The Dartmouth athletes who won their uh, request to, to unionize, now the National Labor Relations Board has given Dartmouth's trustees extra time to request their review to put off this unionization because like like all the NCA institutions they've they're they're willing to fight to the death to not make these players uh, employees for various reasons some of which are understandable some of which are less defensible I think but uh you know this reminds me I'm old enough older than you to remember when when Marvin Miller got the baseball players together and tried to unionize and people rolled their eyes and said, how can you do this? They're different teams, they're different that. And the owners didn't even take them particularly seriously. And then when they found out they wouldn't cave, the owners went all the way the other way over the hill and, and conceded everything to them. He wasn't even – he never a million years expected to get all the concessions he got. He threw them out there knowing, okay, well, we can take this off the table and that. And instead they panicked the owners and gave them everything. And then seemingly overnight the baseball union became so immensely powerful. Is that a scenario that is applicable to what's going on in college right now? Yes. Um, I mean, the first thing that I think the system and specifically the NCAA, the coaches and administrators need to admit, some of them do, not all of them. They need to admit the reality of the situation. Players are going to be paid soon. Uh, and, you know, there are lawsuits down the pike. It is going to happen, whether it happens through the courts, whether the NCAA decides to just do it themselves, or whether Congress uh, has it done. But the players are going to be paid. What what folks will say in response to that is, well, you know, then they can be fired. Yeah, they can be fired. But the truth is, players can be fired now. They can be kicked off their team at any time for any reason, as long as it's not an improper one, like you know, discrimination or something like that. Right. Uh, but the players are going to be paid. Uh, the question is, how is it done? Is it done the way it is in most of business, where everybody bargains with? Uh, particular employers individually. So you would offer a player a contract, and it would be so simple if they would do that. Instead of having the player sign a letter of intent, you sign them to a contract. Sign them to a three- or four-year deal. You can have a buyout in there. So if you play the pay the player, let's just pick a number, $500,000 a year, you can have a $500,000 buyout in there per year. And, and then if some other team wants to get them they got to pay that buyout Mm -hmm. you know you can make the buyout whatever you want it's really not that difficult but people also say all right you know in addition to you can fire them then you know as if as if businesses just are looking to fire their employees that's (laughs) always really good business to fire people (laughs) willy-nilly but but they also say all right there needs to be a salary cap okay Uh, that's fine but you need to understand something with salary caps a salary cap in the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball, I don't think has one, but, but the NBA and the NFL. A salary cap is collectively bargained with the players. So the players are partners with the league in that. And it's bargained through a union, which means they can, they can cap compensation because it's collectively bargained. And that's an exception under the Sherman Antitrust Act. It's not an antitrust violation. So uh, this unionization is one step toward that, where the players can collectively bargain. I don't think unionization is going to happen. I think it'll be some sort of trade association, but it, it can operate a lot the same way. 
as far as the players bargaining with one voice with with uh, owner essentially ownership, which would be the NCAA and the member institutions. Who speaks um, for the players, Jay? Does it become one guy or by conference or what, how would you it could see be, that happen? I mean, it could be one person, uh, and they would have you know a, they could have a board of players and all that stuff. And uh, and it would operate the same way, much the same way that the NBA Players Association, the NFL Players Association, like high school or college players aren't members of the union. So they're only members of the union when they get into the league. Mm -hmm. And it could be the same way. You wouldn't have high school players that were involved in that until they they come into the system. Uh, But, yeah, they could bargain that way. But people forget something with a salary cap. So you have a salary cap in the NBA, right? What they forget is the players get 50% of the revenue. 50%. 50%. You think college sports wants to give half their money to the players? They don't. It would be cheaper if they just did it individually with the players and bargained with them because then, then you'd, you'd have a maximum salary, but it'd be high, and then you'd have minimum salaries too. So everybody would get paid a minimum, and you could you could bargain for working conditions, all that stuff. Um, so it'd be totally different. So when you go into a union situation, there are real positives there for the players. But there are, there are negatives, too, just like there are in everything in life. There would be positives and negatives. Right now, the negatives are you get nothing. You know, you get your expenses, and that's it. And we'll allow you to do this NIL thing, but that's it. Mm-hmm. And so the players are getting far less than they're worth. But there, there could be a scenario where you could have a, a, a lockout. You know, the, the, they could lock the players out if they, they did a, 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 had a union or, or a trade association. There could also be a strike. That happens in, in pro sports. It doesn't happen very often, but, but it could happen. Um, so there, there are pluses and minuses to all, the, all these things, but the pluses far outweigh the, the minuses for the players, and I think it does for the entire system. And you hear it every bit as much as I do. All coaches are doing now is complaining. Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. all they do is oh, complain. Yeah. Yep. They're complaining about how difficult this is, about how there are people in the player's ears. Like, oh, this player's transferring. He's got so many people in his ear. And you're like, wait a minute. So you're saying nobody was in his ear to tell him to come play for you. Right, right. right. Like, like they had people in his ear tell him to play for you. And, but now when they want to leave, that's the bad decision. <laughs> so the good decision was when the player had zero experience in your system and didn't really know you. That's the good decision. The bad decision is when the players and the players' parents, family have experience with you and they want to leave. That's the bad decision. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And all of us, I was thinking about this the other day, Bobby, all of us that work in in our business, the the media business, we we spend way more time talking to coaches and administrators than we do talking to players. And I try to do that more than ever now. But the narrative we hear is often the coaches. We don't hear from the players as often and uh and i i think they're being portrayed as selfish because they will you know now they're they're allowed to get something and they're thinking about it and you know nobody calls coaches selfish when they sign these big contracts or like why isn't anybody calling a coach like somebody you know with this ohio state thing a lot of guys are going to sign new contracts based upon ohio state's interest in them and nobody's saying, hey, that's greedy and selfish. You already signed your contract. If you want to stay, stay. If you want to go, go. But you shouldn't get more money just because there's a job open. Nobody says that. But they say it with regard to a player. It's selfish. You, you, should, you should sit on the bench and compete and work your way up to a starter if you don't like the fact that you're not playing. Oh, really? 
So Jalen Hurts should have stayed mm. at Alabama when he was probably the second-best quarterback in the country. He just happened to be playing behind the first. Mm-hmm. He's required to stay because of a decision he made out of high school. Like, that's absurd, and we need to stop doing that. Yeah. I have two questions for you before you go, if you'd be kind enough. One is a basketball one. One is about you. The basketball one is this. Lots of talk around here about Kentucky. And, you know, that fan base, as you know, is is very restless and and always in the best of times is a bit uh, on edge. And now they've they lost three home games in a row for the first time in a billion years. And people are pointing. And they've got some people that were largely very loud voices in this community that were kind of almost mouthpieces for Kentucky that seemingly have turned on them, on Cal a little bit, Kyle Tucker, Matt Jones, most notably. And the, the, the mindset is, well, you know, you look at, uh, you know, some guys like um, who just won a game the other day with like half his team out. And, you know, and he, he won a, a really big game and he it was missing a whole bunch of players. I don't remember who it was. It's irrelevant. But the point is then Cal lost and it's every time he seems to lose, it's because this player was out or that player was out. And they have had a lot of injuries. They clearly have. And they haven't been able to put their whole team together very often. But in the question of all that is how much do you ascribe their problems to the in, incongruous nature of their team where do you see them going and even in the immediate future like this Auburn team who's a very dangerous team um, which team do you think right now is the better basketball team Auburn or Kentucky's well playing at Auburn Auburn will be Uh, I'm not sure at Rupp Um, you know it's for some reason I don't know I can't wrap my head around it it's way more difficult it seems way more difficult this year to win a road game than it has in past Mm. years it's always been hard but this year it seems really hard. And, and this is the first time, Bobby, that I can remember thinking about some of these college schedules like an NBA schedule where, you know, in the NBA they refer to some things as schedule losses. In other words, Kansas has a barn-burning game against Houston at home, and then they got to turn around on Monday night and go and play at Kansas State. Right. And that was a schedule loss for them. And, uh, you know, all of these, all these schedules for the big shots are geared toward television, which is a, is a smart decision. It's certainly smart for TV, but it's, it's smart for the, the, the schools to do it because they make more money doing it that way. So they're putting their, their top brand names in more jeopardy than in years past. And, and I think they need to be more thoughtful about that, um, as to how they schedule, um, so that they're not putting their top teams in that position. But, getting back to Kentucky like I do think the fact that they started their season without their three big guys so they played small with uh, Trey Mitchell at the five then they incorporated their big guys in there so they're playing a different way then they have uh, you know Justin Edwards and DJ Wagner out for Florida in the next game and all that then they're back Um, it's made it difficult and I do think that's made continuity difficult on defense They're, they're not a great defensive team but they don't have to be a great defensive team they just have to get better as the season goes along. And they made a—I thought they made a jump. I, I didn't really count the Arkansas game because I don't think Arkansas is very good offensively, so mm-hmm. it can make your defense look a little bit better. But I thought they did a much better job against Ole Miss of being physical and uh, being the aggressor, and uh, and they're going to have to do that against against Auburn just to have a chance to win. The problem they have going to Auburn, in my view, is that. Kentucky is learning to be the aggressor. Auburn's already the aggressor, and they're relentless, and especially in that building. Um, that's going to be a challenge. Uh, Kentucky can go in there and play really, really well and still lose. If they don't, like, I, I think you, you've heard this more than me, 
but the, the coaches use the phrase, we got to be ready to play. I don't think ready to play is good enough on Saturday. I think you got to be ready for a fight. If you're not ready for, for going down a back alley and ready for a brawl, uh, ready to play is going to get you beat. Ready to fight, you have a chance to win. Mm, well said. All right, here's my individual question for you, and it's kind of about Mike also. You are so eloquent. I'm not blowing smoke up your skirt about all these things in college sports. Everybody recognizes that. And, and you know, Mike, Coach K, left, Duke, retired. He still has an office there, and I guess he still does some things for the university, but he took a job with the NBA as an advisor, which I thought, I don't know, that's what I wanted to ask you. How much is he doing? But I was glad to see it because all that expertise should somehow – and he, like you, has always been very outspoken about the good of the game and some things that are issues facing the game. Why would you just want to let that sit on the sideline? You'd want to tap into that. So I'm glad he's doing that. Do you have any thought someday of being in a position other than being a commentator about this stuff? Or would that interest you? And, and so it's kind of a two-part question. What exactly is Mike doing, and how do you see yourself going forward? Uh, well, first, Coach K is probably busier now than he was when he was coaching. Really? It's not as stressful. But, you know, I, I remember calling him uh, not long after he retired, and when he picked up the phone, I, uh, I said, how are the pickleball games going? And he said, uh, he said, you know, I'm really busy. I've been doing that. I was, gonna, I was just kidding. You know, one, he's not going to play pickleball. But, but I, I thought it was, you know, just kind of right. funny that, you know, he, he's not built to to be retired in the, the old sense of the word where, you know, you're playing shuffleboard and, and <laughs> hanging out with your friends and playing cards at the club. He's not built like that. So he's doing a lot of – he was, but he just had surgery on his ankle. He had an ankle replacement, so he's laid up now. But he was doing a lot of speaking engagements, flying all over the country, and and felt like he was learning a lot in addition to the value he was given to whatever company he was speaking for. But the NBA thing, um, I was, uh, you know, I was happy that he's doing that. I was really disappointed that the NCAA didn't do that. I thought, like, he should, the NCAA should have called him and other people to say, um, you know, we need your help and your input and your expertise. So it doesn't mean they have to use it, but they should be hearing it. And I think there, there, there's a void there where they're not using the assets that they have. But the, the flip side of that is um, it's a really frustrating process to deal with that system. And I just about a year ago came off of the competition, the NCAA's competition committee, which dealt with rules of play. And, you know, I, I, I loved it. And, but I, I, it was really frustrating that we, I felt like we weren't doing what we should be doing to help the game. You know, the, game, the rules need to change in certain instances and all that stuff, but but Bobby, when I rolled off the committee, I've been happier, and really? I go to games now. I don't feel any responsibility for the for the officiating or the physical play. I mean, I'm I'm thrilled not to be doing that anymore, oh. and I'm sure a lot of people are thrilled I'm not doing it anymore. They don't have to listen to my bluster in those meetings. <laughs> but um, but I would say that with with uh, whatever I can do to help, I'll always help. Um, but I'm, I can, I can tell you that when I get to retirement, I am not looking to be frustrated. Um, and I was, somebody said to me recently, like, what are you going to do when you're retired? Just play golf all day. And I go, you know, every time I go to my club and I see all the old guys, none of them look unhappy and mm. none of them are trying to get out. That's true. Like, none of them are going, Hey, I got to get out of here, man. I can't <laughs> take this anymore. So I think I'll be fine. I think, I think you will too. Thanks for all the time as always, my friend. Where are you this weekend? 
Uh, I'm at Kentucky Auburn. I, I'm uh, oh. Tom Leach and I. Uh, Tom Leach and I have been staring each other down lately. He's kind of looking. And he goes, "You try to be voice of the Wildcats? Like, what are you doing here again?" <laughs> and uh, no, nobody can take Tom's place. He's the best. But uh, and then I had a problem with Jack Givens the other day. You, you, have you noticed? Like, they bring me an ice cream cone every yes, uh, I have seen every that. game, right? And and Givens, he, he, he looked over at me, he said, he took his headset off, he goes, hey man, I built this place and I can't get a cone. What is going on? <laughs> so I got, I, I created some enemies there. I got to watch myself. I'll talk to Goose. You know, that's, a, that's a little catty of Goose. I'm surprised. At that. <laughs> he was just kidding, but he is the best. What yeah. a nice man. Yeah, he's a good guy. Very good guy. Travel safe, my friend. Talk to you soon. All right, brother. Be good. All right. Jay Billis, you know, he's VVG. He's very, very good. Very, very good. Indeed. Very, very good. You know what else is very, very good? What's that? The new windows you get from Universal Windows Direct. I love my windows. Oh, Oswald. I use the Oswald. Not now. We're not doing the spot right now. Settle back down. Oswald. No, 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 no. Settle down. No. Oswald. <laughs> <laughs> he just loves to play. You know, we love our windows, and he does too, but he loves his drums too. And he wants to get, he just wants to tell you about it. You know, he's traveling the world for a few years with the Universal Windows Direct Band. He's come back to Louisville and now he is back on our show. We're delighted because uh, very popular. He's very popular. He's one of our more popular guests, I guess. That would be a, a good, I don't know if I'd want to do that though because I'd feel bad about whoever finished last, a, a, a Tuesday Twitter poll. Who are the best V show, in, air, in quotes here, guests? Cause right, right. We don't really have people. It's just Nick and I. Tapping into our schizophrenia, but like um, I think Nick Nicky to boot would get very high road. Uh, Nicky to boot doing, doing the tr- traffic. I actually just like found that like soundbite of the Nicky to boot like traffic just, report. Yeah, I look, oh, I was looking on the SoundCloud oh, thing no, and I saw probably. the top tracks and I was like, oh wait, it's Nicky to boot, and I didn't know like what the whole thing was. We have the, great no, work, Nick. No, that, no, that, that would probably up. be. I think that'd be first because like like uh, uh, Benji loves. Uh, uh, Billy, oh, Odell. Billy Odell, but yeah. I'm not. But he's some people I don't think love Billy Odell, which I feel bad. He's only an innocent little ten year old kid. Who's he's just doing the best he can. He yeah. He's just trying. Um, with Terry and Tommy, of course. Who don't oh, really oh, we haven't had, we haven't heard from them oh, in a while. My hands hurt. <laughs> I know, but that's so funny. Yeah, no, we like Terry and Tommy. <laughs> Terry and Tommy talks. Terry and Tommy talks. Oswald the drummer. Oswald the drummer. Uh, of Reluctant Maria. Reluctant Maria. I enjoy that. And, and, her, and her friend, uh, who's the other guy, he comes on and does it now. Well, oh, too. yeah. I forgot what his name is. is, uh, is, is uh, uh, we call him, I think we called him Pierre, but I, Pierre. I, forget, I forget what adjective we gave him. I don't know. Um, you also have Billy Simpleton. And- Billy, I love Billy. Now, I personally love Billy Simpleton. <laughs> I can't help it. Billy, I enjoy him. Tag. We got Tag, the annoying guy. He just he just gets excited. excited I like about him. Everything. He's just earnestly excited. Yes, Jamie can't stand Tag. Yeah. So like when when, when Wingzone dropped off food, you would have been like pretzels. Oh yes, that's exact. Tag is the annoying guy. That's he's you know. Or if he would even you, he might get excited about Tonga. He'd be excited. Yeah, about right. Seeing Tonga. I, I like him. I yeah, like Tag. No, no, we don't Jamie. And does. I like him even more that he pisses Jamie off. Yeah, like, that's I probably be true. It works in his favor. We got some other guys too. But 19, we don't use him very much, but 1940s announcer. Oh, I love that. Say. Say. What are you boys doing? Hey, listen, fella. man. Hey, listen, fella. I like that. That's this is the bee's knees. Yeah, that's it. See? It's, it's the cat's pajamas. Um, <laughs> Can you do this read as, as, as 1940s man? I, I don't, I, that would take some preparation. Is he, wait, is he so. 40s man or 20s man? 1920s man, actually. Yeah, we got to go way back. Yeah. 1920s man. Say. 
Can you, you kids? Can you do it as 1920s men? Try, try I, I, it. I don't think I can. I, I'll, I'll, that's one that has to take a little preparation. I don't think you could. Say! <laughs> oh, man. Drew just reminded us of what? Uh, Giorgio, the Italian Oh, kicker. I love I Giorgio. Well, I kick the ball. Like the coach, uh, coach, what was the coach's name? Quinone? Quinone? Yeah, Quinn. It was Coach, yeah. Coach Quinone. Tell me to go kick the ball. And I uh, go and kick the ball. And sometimes I just learn. Sometimes it is worth uh, un punto, and sometimes it is tres punto. And I, I, I say, Coach Quinone, which one is this? <laughs> Just every time he'd go to kick the ball, here we go. <laughs> yes, I liked him. Oh, how about that guy? Yeah, away they go. Oh yeah, the track announcer. That's he's but, he, but he's part. real. He's a, he, yeah, but he's a real. He's a real person. He is yeah. a real, he's, he's actually he's a real person. He doesn't exist just in our head. That's a good point. I Thank you, a, Drew, for remembering uh, uh, Georgia. We I had an Georgia. idea for a character because I'm Nikki the Lib. You know, everyone always talks about that. And I don't know. I just haven't figured out a way to debut him. Nicky Lib? But, no, he's... <laughs> I don't know why, how this happened. But I think it was because we used to play softball at a field that was like... Oh, like, Beauregard? The Beauregard? What about him? Yeah, no, that's it. Ma- Major Jebediah J. Beauregard. He's a old Confederate colonel, or old Confederate major ghost, but now he's woke. <laughs> that would be good. So he talks with a southern drawl, but he's always trying to correct people on pronouns like and that. everything like that. Not, to, played, be, not I, I, to be confused with the colonel, which is Diener's character, oh, okay. which is fantastic. All right. He he does yeah, the colonel. I heard, heard him do that. And Locke used to do J.L. McClain, which was his Cats fan. Which was very good. Theodore, we played softball one year in a league in southern Indiana. This is true. We didn't know about it at the time. It was actually set on an old Civil War cemetery. They built a park over an old cemetery. And I guess, I don't know, they, the lease on the land. I don't know how they wound up there. They're no longer there, the field. But so we used to say sometimes on certain nights you'd see the spirits of the, <laughs> the soldiers come back out. Say, what was the guy's name? Major Jebediah J. Beauregard. Man, Major General Jeremiah J. Beauregard. That's a fine hit there, young man. That's a fine hit. I think you could have made a triple out of that if you'd run a little bit harder. Back in my day, old Ty Cobb, he would have had an inside-the-park home run and got up again. That's <laughs> It's just uh, craziness is what I tell you. All right. Eventually he'll make his debut, but I just got to figure out when to do it. But if he, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing it. Say, you kids, if you've been cold in your own home, you wouldn't say kids. Kids is not a word then. Tykes. Say, fellas. Say, you fellas. The hey. lads. Say, you lads. If you've been cold in your own home, do not suffer through one more winter at a cold and drafty home, I tell you. Call my guys at Universal. They wouldn't say guys either. That's why I say you'd have to really go through this. They wouldn't say, no, 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 they wouldn't it, say guys back then. They Fella, wouldn't hey, say, call hey, my no. fellas at call my fellas. Yeah, now, that's the problem is you know politically incorrect this thing would be we'd have to change all the the pronouns to males that they would all be fellas <laughs> they'd all be men. So you men call us and keep your wives keep your wives warm. It'll be swell when they're bring, when you come home to a warm dinner because they've been comfortable <laughs> cooking in the oh my god. They would lose clients. There'd be people calling saying, you know, I had an order in for eight windows, but cancel it because whoever just read that script, what do you think this is, 1920? I'm a, I'm I a CEO, you stupid lunkhead. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's try it a little straighter. But again, if you have been cold in your own home, well, it's not very cold today. It is still the kind of year where the weather goes up and down and in and out, and you don't <laughs> want to suffer. I'm sorry, the thing that's funny. Is of stuff. Can I get through this? No, you can't. You can't read. You can't do the read. Daggy's going to be in here and kick our asses. No, because it's it's funny because when I do Nikki the boot for a while, 
it tapers off. I can't just go straight to. I'll be like, "Hey, how you doing? Yeah, 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 oh, and everything." And then I'll like I'll start talking normal, but I'll, I'll be I'll talking normal with you know a yeah, little I, bit of inflection. You're still sounding like 1920s, man. Am I really? Wow. Hey, <laughs> you kids. Well, then we're just gonna have to see. It'll be 1920s and 2020s, man, merged into yeah, there one. Yeah, there you go. That so that's good. what we'll have because super spacer technology. By golly. <laughs> It's the cat's pajamas. It'll keep the edge of the glass warmer. It'll hold the seal longer. Yeah, and it makes the window. Wouldn't say yeah either. Yeah, it makes the windows last up to five times longer than other window systems. So what? When else would he say about it? those window systems? Are uh, what would they say about malarkey? No, they, they, it wouldn't say passe or cold or cliche or I don't know. We have to find a word. What I know we need 1920s slang yeah. here. So your windows from Universal perform better and they last longer. Plus, Universal backs it all up with a lifetime warranty. It's for you as long as you own your home, and 30 years to the next gentleman, has to be gentleman, who owns the next homeowner. Call Universal Windows Direct today. How are they going to do that? <laughs> On the tele- they call? Stop by Universal Windows. <laughs> Stop by. Just shout. Just shout really loudly. <laughs> well, wait, they had telephones back then. In the 20s? Yeah. They, they were making it sound like they, call Mabel and the tell town her. caller was just shouting it in the town square. Universal hey, while you're Windows. emptying your chamber pots, you went from go. 1920s man to like to, 1520s man. You went like. Go to go to the town square. Look, listeners. Go to the town square and look on the, bulletin, on the bulletin board and you'll see the announcement for Universal Windows Direct and you'll see how to get in touch with them. When they come through on their stagecoach, flag them down. <laughs> Your house will be so warm they'll accuse you of witchcraft. Like There'll be three layers of glass between you and the cold outside. Triple pane means extra protection from the elements. A consistent temperature in your home. Increased energy efficiency and reduced heating and cooling costs. You won't have to get cold delivered nearly as much as you do now. And forget about getting out there and chopping all that wood. <laughs> Again, I don't know. Did they have electricity in the 20s? <laughs> in the cities? Oh, maybe not. have a quieter and more comfortable home. Schedule your free home estimate. Did they do estimates then? I'm, we're making these people sound like they were completely barbaric, but did they do estimates in 1920s? Oh, probably you have not. To take a stagecoach out to your house and then give you a price. Well, they're not doing that. Yeah, it's a good point. So, do you want the service or not? Schedule your free in-home estimate today, and for every two windows you buy, you'll get two for free. That's right, two for free, plus a free upgrade to triple pane glass, and they'll double your energy tax credit. I don't know what that is. Restrictions apply. <laughs> we didn't energy. Ta- we didn't have tax energy tax credits. Babe Ruth would be talking about that. I didn't hear him say a word. Le- Leibs is a good point. You have to say C at the end of every. C. Sentence. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, that's Leibs. a good point. Well done. Tell them I told you, see? And you'll get an additional $250 off on your project. We have, we tried going to do celebrity endorsements for this, but Babe Ruth was interested. But man of war, by goodness, <laughs> that horse wanted a, 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 a king's ransom. And when, then we went out to discuss it with him, and that horse can drink. My God, he drank us all under the table. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm reading these. These are hilarious. Tell them I told you, see? And you'll get an additional two hundred and fifty. Well, imagine back then. Tell them I told you to call and get an additional two hundred and fifty dollars off your project. That's a year's salary for many of you. <laughs> you won't have to work. Just get these windows, and you can stay home and loll around the beach. Uh, it's the last windows you'll ever need. Go to universalwindowsdirect.com. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. What's a universalwindows.com? Is that like a center? No, I, I, yeah, that's come? a good point. They certainly didn't have they the internet back then. They wouldn't know what that then. means. 
But if you but can, all I know is, is UniversalWindowsDirect.com is the cat's meow. That's it. No question. I'm telling you, you got to see these 1920 like slants. You'll be saying, I love my windows. They're the cat's meow. There's a lot of things about guns. Like, there's like 46 like, slang terms for guns. What's that got to do with the windows? I got, no, I know. I'm just saying, as I'm going through here, clipped. Like, burn some powder. Like, it's just, it's all these like different like things about fire. Like, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Um, chisel, cat's pajamas. I'm trying to think of all the things that are good. I think you're the either the cat's pajamas. Cat's pajamas, cat's meow, uh, carry a torch, call a copper. Call a copper, that's a good one. Yeah. Say, you flat foot. <laughs> Bump somebody if you... Uh, like, car. Uh, oh, bucket was for car. Was. Bruno was a tough guy. He was an enforcer. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, a bit is to do sometime. Uh, that's what I'm saying. All these are like crime things. There's like gumshoes and and guns and and doing prison sentences. Bit is a prison sentence. Canary is someone who rats to the cops. A copper is obviously well, you a sing cop. like a canary. That one makes sense. Yeah, you'll sing like a canary. Say he's going to sing. See, I know you're going to sing. A buzzer is a policeman's badge. A button buttons was slang for the police. Really? That um, I never heard. A pair of C's is $200. A century is $100. These are fantastic. Yeah, a see, chump? Let's, let's yeah, that's what you should scene. say. Don't be a chump. Wait, a person so marked for... Co- buttons, though? Yeah, cops were called buttons. Watch out for the buttons. Wore buttons. <laughs> yeah. I imagine their jackets. They, were, you know, they all wore those jackets that were f- filled with buttons. You don't want to be clammed up. What's that mean? Closed mouth. You don't want to be a chump, person marked marked for a con or a gullible person. A Derek is a shoplifter. A dick is a detective. That I knew. The house dick was the, uh, the hotel detective. It was also known as the house dick. <laughs> well, I hope the house dick had a dish, a pretty dish. <laughs> a tomato. That's another one they used to use. That's a pretty uh, woman, yeah, a dish. Tomato. A tomato was a pretty woman. Oh, she's a tomato, I tell you. See duck soup. Oh, duck soup. Easy. That means it's easy. It's a piece of cake. Oh, that was duck also soup. a Marx Brothers movie. Um, an egg was a man. I don't know. You think it doesn't be make a, any sense? Think it'd be the other way around. Yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah. Eggs in coffee. Again, another term for eggs in the coffee. It's easy. It's a piece of cake. Oh, I like an elbow. A policeman. I'm telling you, all of this has to do with crime and noir and oh, everything. Nineteen twenty. You know what's fun is go back and see if you can find the shorthand for like a short order of cooks. Like a guy would order a spaghetti, you know, at the counter. I'll yeah. have the plate of spaghetti. And the, the guy who takes the order would yell back to the kitchen, mile of rope. You know what? That's what we should do. I love do. all those things. We should do diner, diner man. Yeah. Where all we do is like when we have guests on, we just refer to them as, I don't know. But we got we to gotta come up with terms, slang for all of our guests. Oh, this is good. How to talk like a short order cook. Very cool. I like that. Oh, they got a lot of them numbers. <laughs> Go climb up your thumb. Oh, yikes. Go away. Get lost. Okay. I don't understand what these mean. These are numbers. That doesn't sound like. Like a 50-50, yell back. A 50-50, that's a cup of coffee with half and half. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. But like, I like that a mile but of But why is 81 water? A 55 is root beer. I don't understand those numbers. Yeah, I have no idea. But here are ones with terms. A, a Murphy is a potato. Okay. A spot with a twist is a cup of tea with a lemon. Nice. A, lemon. a stack of Vermont pancakes with maple syrup. Adam and Eve on a raft and wreck them. Two scrambled <laughs> Two eggs scrambled on toast. Oh, I was going to say. 
Adam Eve on a raft is just two poached eggs on toast. Uh, let's see what. Oh, this is. I, we could do a whole hour on this. I didn't realize how many terms there. Were. Angels on horseback, oysters rolled in bacon and served on toast. Well, that sounds fantastic. Uh, and Atlanta was a Coca Cola because that's where the company was based. Um, a, a bowl of baled hay, a bale of shredded wheat. Okay, that's good. That makes sense. Battle oh. Creek and a bowl. Oh, oh, that has to be. Flakes. I was about Bell to say. I was going to say it has to be something from from Michigan. <laughs> guy orders, guy orders seltzer. You give him, give him a glass of Belch water. <laughs> <laughs> these are awesome. Short order cook, man. I love that. Oh, this is great. Uh, these are funny. Uh, a blonde with sand, coffee with cream and sugar. Okay. Uh, Bloodhound in the hay is a hot dog with sauerkraut. Okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Making me hungry. Yeah. He's what should we call this guy? Is he short order cookman yeah, or is he yeah. short order Sam? I kind of like that. Sam, just Sam. That would make sense. He'd be Sam. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> bullets, whistle berries, or Saturday nights are baked beans. <laughs> whistle berries. I like that. <laughs> oh, this is. Uh, I like the ones where they're like sentences. They're no shorter than the actual order, but they're funny. This is burn one, take it through the garden, and pin a rose on it. That's a hamburger with lettuce, tomato, and onion. <laughs> Pin a rose to it. I like that. That's a good one. Uh, burn the British. It's a toasted English muffin. <laughs> burn the British. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, what cack- else we got? Cackleberries out west. Cackleberries out west. Let's see if we can guess what that is. Is that west, a western, western omelet? No, yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. There Very we go. Good. Uh, cats heads and easy diggins. Cat's heads and easy diggings. No, there's no Biscuits way. Biscuits and gravy. Oh, yeah, that would have been tough. Uh, back then, they used to call it an order for seaboard. Was C, the letter C, seaboard, was to take out. Because back then, they used to just put it in cardboard in a bag. Oh, okay. Because they didn't have the styrofoam back then. So what was that called? Seaboard? Seaboard. Seaboard, okay. Prepared to take out in okay. cardboard. Uh, chewed, <laughs> chewed with fine breath is hamburger with onions. <laughs> <laughs> all right we're only up to the seas you can go all day on this we'll work some more of these in let's just say and we got the 1920s stuff here say hey i'm pooped oh that's well actually oh wait, I'm no. all, all in was another one they used a lot back then i'm all in well, i don't want to be pooped actually that's bad uh but uh, but you want to like watch out for those brunos because they might give you a good puffin a I bruno mean, is a it's getting mugged it's a goon the goon, but what's a muffin? What's Mu- the other? Uh, a what? Uh, a good puffing. That's uh, when you get getting mugged. mugged. Yeah. yeah. yeah if we keep doing this, we'll probably get mugged by management. So we Put down means drink. Puss. Right. Puss. Face. Oh, there we yeah, go. There I go. told you that, man. That's it. That's way underused. Puss and kisser. Right in the puss. Right in the kisser. By the way, Tiger's. The schnozzle is the nose. Tiger's back playing, and he birdied the first hole he played today. Yeah. Justin five. Thomas got a par. Evidently. Yeah. They're in the same round. He's, They're the same uh, uh, group, I mean. He's uh, started with his first six holes. I think he's got three birdies and two bogeys, so he's one under. So he's a little all over the map. Birdied one, bogey two, bogey three, birdied four, parred five, and birdied six. So he's only got one par in six holes. So he's uh, a little all. Say, that guy's a little all over the place. <laughs> all I'm saying is no matter what dish she is, sister, you don't want her to be skating around. That means that you don't want your woman to be plenty. skating around to plenty as in being easy. Yeah, say. Say. <laughs> All right, take your break. I know you're dying to get to break here, uh, Teoforo, so we'll come back in a minute here. ESPN 680-1057. 
Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the expert you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling.